Hi there, welcome to the Platform Podcast. My name is Amrit Rai, Director and Head Recruiter of Platform Sports Management. We assist prospective student athletes in securing sports scholarships within the American college system. This podcast is for all the swimmers who are interested in learning more about the swimming college system. We are super excited today. We have a former NCAA Division I athlete. She will be sharing her experience in the college system and she would also be sharing some key recruitment advice for all the prospective student athletes out there that are interested in going to the States on a swimming scholarship. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to the Platform Podcast. Today we've got a very special guest. She was one of the top swimmers in New Zealand. Then she went over to the States and competed at one of the top colleges. We have Natasha Lloyd here. Natasha, how are you going? Hi, good, thank you. How are you? Good, good. Hey, thank you so much for joining. So for the people out there that will be listening to this podcast today, Natasha was one of the top swimmers in New Zealand growing up. Uh, she broke a lot of different records and then she went in 2013 to Auburn University, uh, which is one of the top NCAA Division I colleges. Uh, she did very, very well there, and now she is do- still doing study right now. You're doing your postgrad, is that right? Yep, that's correct. Just starting my master's. Awesome, awesome. So, Natasha, we've, we'll have a lot of parents and a lot of young swimmers that will be listening into this um, podcast, and so they would love to hear your story. So, please, tell us, how did you get started in swimming? When did you start, and what inspired you to be a swimmer? <laughs> well, uh I started when I was very young, like a lot of uh, New Zealand parents, my parents were concerned about water safety. So started with the sort of (laughs) mummy and me sort of classes at probably two or something like that, just learning to get the face wet. And from there, it just sort of carried on. Uh, I had a great balance growing up and did a lot of sports, but always did swimming as well. Um, Eventually, my competitive side got stronger and the coaches noticed that I would be trying to race people in lanes next to me. Um, And so by probably around eight, I started doing the fun carnivals and um, the little competitions locally. And then it just sort of developed from there into sort of like the swim club and then the more intense trainings and larger competitions as I got older. And then, yeah, I just kept going really. Um, And I was a breaststroker for New Zealand. So I really loved that. I was lucky enough to represent New Zealand for about, I actually had my first international competition when I was in year eight. That's quite young. Swimmers definitely don't have to Yeah, yeah, that is young, right? Yeah, yeah. They don't, swimmers certainly don't have to represent at that young of an age, but I was fortunate um, that I did and I kept. Where did you travel to when you went overseas? Uh, The very first one was Australia. Australia was quite a common one, Um, and then it started getting to more exotic places. I did uh, the Junior Pan Pacific Games in Hawaii. Wow. Um, I had the Commonwealth Junior Games, Youth Games, sorry, in the Isle of Man, which is near England. Um, And then my peak of my career was competing for New Zealand at the 2017 World Championships, which were in Hungary, which was just an absolutely incredible experience. I bet, I bet. And I guess that like competing at such a young age internationally, uh, was it quite daunting at first? Absolutely. Um, uh, everyone copes with that type of thing differently, but I was certainly the type of swimmer that did get nervous. And to be honest, I never uh, perfected that. 
but a, but a lot of Olympians get nervous and that's okay. So I used um, some incredible sports psychologists to help me develop yeah. skills to deal with that because certainly as a 12-year-old standing with a New Zealand fern is a huge honour, but um, yeah, yeah, there absolutely. was definitely some nerves for sure. That's amazing. And I mean, you didn't just do well internationally, like you broke New Zealand records um, you know, you were the champion at the 100 200 breaststroke. Tell us a bit about that and what that meant to you when you got that record. Is that something that you were trying to do, trying to set a record, or was it a surprise when you found out that you were the record holder? Uh, no, it was something that I had been gunning for for a long time. I, um, yeah, I peaked quite young, um, around 14 was when I won my first New Zealand Open title. That was a shock. Um, when I finished the race, that was pretty cool. I was not expecting that. But from there, I started looking at the things that I could achieve. And there was definitely records on the horizon that I worked really hard to achieve. Um, It took me longer to get the 200 breaststroke record than I had hoped. But I finally got it in my third year of university. Um, I was competing in Canada, actually. And it was a massive moment because I had been chasing that for a long time and it's definitely one of my most proud swims. Awesome. Awesome. Well, look, when did you start looking to go to the States uh, for a scholarship? Uh, I was in year 12. I hadn't actually given it much thought at all before that until I received a letter in the mail from Auburn University and they said that they would love to have uh, me on their team And so that was my first insight into the option of moving to America. So from there, I actually did research and started reaching out to other schools through a recruiting agency. I wish Platform Sports had been here for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, so I ended up looking at a couple of schools to check what my best option was. But it was pretty cool that it turned out that Auburn ended up being the school I committed to and they were actually the first ones to reach out to me so it was quite a nice little circle of events really yeah yeah fantastic so you signed you you met with the coaches um you signed the scholarship to go to Auburn University and you're packing your bag you see your parents off at the airport you arrive at campus what was it like because I know that's a lot of things that parents (laughs) are trying to uh to, to imagine you know what is it like for their child to step on campus please give us some insight Yes, absolutely. Uh, size, it's pretty, it's big. Yeah. Um, the universities themselves, the campus was very large. Yeah. The swimming facilities were absolutely beautiful. As a swimmer, as someone who's not a swimmer, it could be funny to hear someone say that the pool was beautiful. But um, <laughs> I walked into that pool deck and I was just like, oh yeah. my gosh, <laughs> the facilities were unreal. The... Um, the people were the culture is different, so that was an the accent that was a slap in the face yeah. for a little bit, but I got through that southern Alabama accent eventually. Um, yeah, I just think size and accent was probably the initial surprise, but it settles down pretty quick. It became my home very fast. So when you when you stepped on campus, obviously you moved into the dorm room when you first started university. Um, did you like, did your coach help you? Like, did you have your own room or were you rooming with someone else? Um, how was that all set up? 
so I we were in the dorms, yes. Uh, from the moment I stepped on campus, all of the teammates came to make me feel welcome. Awesome. They helped me move my things in. They helped me hang up my clothes and make my room mine. Oh, nice. It was just an immediate family from the moment. Actually, if we went back to you asking me what my first impression was, on top of the accents, I would say my first impression was how family-like the swim team wow. was. They embraced me from the moment I arrived. They surrounded me with support. Um, yeah. And they were just so helpful. I didn't have a car at first, so they were like, let me take you to the supermarket. Let me help you go buy more clothes. Everything. They were amazing. Um, but in terms of the dorms, yes, I had my own room. I believe most colleges, you have your own room. I haven't heard of any where you'd actually share a bedroom. So we had our own rooms and then we'd share a kitchen and a laundry with one other person. So we had a very nice facility um, and very close to the pool, right in the center of campus. So pretty perfectly centralized in terms of um, easy access to everything. Yeah. And like just before, like when you were talking about Auburn University as a whole and you said it was big, I mean, I don't really... I don't think many people understand how big it was. I mean, last year it had like just over 30,000 students on campus. You know, that's like, that's like <laughs> yeah. enough for a small town in New Zealand. Like that's pretty big. So absolutely, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people there. So obviously your first feeling is overwhelming, but it's great that your swim team was so supportive and made you feel, feel at home and help you get around, et cetera. That's amazing. And um, so what was your daily routine? Like, obviously you've got both like in season, out of season, uh, leading up to meets, et cetera. Tell us a little bit about that because there's a lot of young swimmers here that obviously they do a couple of hours of swimming before school um, and they want to be a champion swimmer and a lot of them think that's enough, you know. What what does it take to be a Division I NCAA college swimmer and what was your days like in college? Sure. Uh, So the Division I and Division II both have a 20-hour limit. So that is 20 hours uh, limit on physical activity. So that includes swimming in the pool and that includes lifting weights or doing um, running or any yeah. cross training like that. So we would get right to that boundary of 20 hours. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think most Div 1, yes, absolutely. <laughs> every, I, th- I believe every um, competitive college counts the minutes, let's say. We get very close to that 20 oh, hours. Yeah. <laughs> but um but lots of ways to push it to their absolute maximums as well. Uh, So the day we would do doubles, so swim in the morning and evening, maybe uh, three of the five weekdays. We would always have Sunday off. It's actually a legal requirement to provide swimmers with a day off. So pretty typical that Sunday's the day off. That's really cool. For me anyway, even when I was younger in New Zealand, we would have Sunday off. So that was something that was familiar for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yes, it's good. It's important to have that recovery time for sure. And then in terms of weights, we would do two or three weight sessions a week, depending on the swimmer. So I have found and heard from lots of friends in other colleges as well. Everyone is amazing at tailoring it personally to you, your needs, and the type of race you swim, whether you're a sprinter, mid-distance, or a... um, Long distance. And Absolutely. so if you're long distance, you don't need that um, major power. So you're not lifting as frequently. Or if yeah. you're a sprinter, you want to be explosive. So those guys were in the gym yeah. tons. So it just depended. But often yeah. the days that you'd swim once, you'd lift as the other, other session. Um, and so then during the day, that's when you'd have class. It's 
they're big days, but honestly, I would say 90% of the days that I was during that I was a student athlete, I got to go home for a nap. Wow. <laughs> and that for me was <laughs> crucial. Yeah. The amount of athletes that I've spoken to that are in the States have all said to me, you know, I'm like back home in New Zealand or in Australia in high school, never naps. But first freshman year in college, no. always found naps, for, always found naps, 20 minute naps, et cetera. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of my naps, I would even have time for about an hour. Um, and they truly were life-saving. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, but there's nearly every college team has a swimmer's lounge or like a chill out area that's specifically just for the athletes. And it might have a fridge and a sink and awesome. a little kitchen, but often couches and stuff yep. too. So even if you didn't get time to go home for a nap, yep, you can, use you can hang out in the lounge and pass out on yeah. the couches. Yeah, for sure. So oh, sweet. That's awesome. they're big days, but you can get through it. And then in the evenings, if you need it, you could have tutors to help you with your classes. Um, but you eat dinner on campus. And so it's very achievable. It sounds a lot, but I, it's achievable. It really is. And they're very supportive and they structure it. And you have a lot of freedom with when you make your classes too. So you can choose to work out how to do it so that you do get that nap or you do get that downtime to recover. Yeah, 100%. And like a lot of parents right now that will be listening to this will be thinking, gosh, like the days are so intense. Like how can athletes manage their uh, academics as well as like competing full time as a swimmer. Obviously, like, as we just said right. before, like the NCAA put so many rules in place and they got study hall hours that you had to meet, right? Um, that you had to do each week, the supervised yep. tutorial study. So tell us a little bit about that. How did the NCAA help you with your academics to make sure that you were going to maintain a good grade at university? Absolutely. So first of all, the thing that was always stressed to us as a student athlete was the fact that we were a student athlete. And so you'd always hear that mantra of yeah. you're a student first and athlete second. Yeah. And a lot of the time it was yeah. more like 50-50. You're giving equal effort to both, but that's fine. The coaches take the academics very seriously. There are minimum requirements that have to be met through the NCAA. It's, it's a um, like legal thing that the athletes have to hit, hit a certain grade to be eligible to compete. So if you're struggling or you're really finding it hard, you will be asked not to compete or they will reduce your training hours for a little while to allow you yeah. to catch back up and get yourself to a um, sort of permissible grade really. And that doesn't happen that often. That's, that's kind of worst case scenario before then, usually the coach will step in and respect the fact that you're struggling or you, every athlete has an academic advisor in the athletic department and they will help you. And we get provided free tutors for every class. If you would like them, um, there's, uh, amazing support from most of the professors and it's yeah there's a lot of support system in place I mean that's what I love about college like yes it's so intense but you know you've got everything there to succeed you know you've got state-of-the-art gyms trainers nutritionists and academic advisors to help people achieve their goals so I think it's an amazing setup an amazing system for, for people sure. Um, and I wish that this started a lot earlier, way back, you know, when, because right now there's a massive, <laughs> massive group of people going to the States every year. Um, there's hundreds and thousands of athletes each year starting as freshmen. And um, in the early 2000s, et cetera, there yep. wasn't that many. And it's only started happening now because more people know about it. 
So this is fantastic. And right. what was your highlight in college? Like you had an amazing college career for four years. You traveled different states, competed in different areas, met different people. What was your mm-hmm. highlight? Uh, to me, it was the opportunities that I had the chance to experience that I would not have had in the, in New Zealand. So honestly, it was all incredible. I made friends from all around the world. I lived with a Brazilian girl and an Australian girl. They were both on the team. I received scholarships and awards on top of my swimming scholarship that I never would have had the chance to have achieved without being there in the first place. Um, honestly, probably I had started to lose my way a little bit, uh, as a swimmer in New Zealand. Um, I wasn't sure if I loved it and I didn't enjoy the solidarity and individual individuality of the sport. So I guess ultimately the highlight was the family of the swim team. I arrived and was immediately granted 60 best friends on the swim team from all around the world. It was literally like the United Nations and it was a team thing. It was always for the team. You swam for the team. You woke up early for the team. And it just, every time we uh, would compete and then sing our team chant, it would just give me goosebumps. And that was the highlight. It was doing things for my team. And then on top of that, the bonus of all those opportunities that came. It's so, it's so interesting because swimming can be such an individual and lonely sport. You know, the hours that you do by yourself back home in New Zealand, grinding away. Um, And that's in other sports as well, like golf and tennis, for example, you know, they're very individual sports, but as soon as you get to college, it's, it's a team environment and everyone like your person right next to you wants you to do the best you can. And um, that's an amazing feeling, isn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So it's really revitalizing. What What would be the best advice right now that you could give young athletes? I mean, let's say the athletes between 14, 15, 16, they're starting to think about the next chapter in their life after high school. If there are some athletes that are interested about the college system, what should they be doing at that age? Should they be doing a lot of events? Um, should they be researching college? Should they be signing up with organizations? What should they be doing? Um, first of all, I would say starting to just research different schools and areas, I think, as well, and just piquing their own interest. Like, have a look at the team photos and does that make you want to be there? Or have a look at the photos of the facilities of the millions of colleges at all of those things can just help build excitement yeah. because from there, I think that if you're excited about something, it's going to help you commit to training harder and getting faster because yeah. the faster you are, the better scholarship you're going to get or the better school you're going to go to, which then leads to the better coaches, better facilities, so on. Um, and so be excited and find what motivates you to get faster to see to see what schools can notice you because there's different levels of schools um, and maybe educate themselves on those different types of levels of schools and see where they want to go. And if they want to get to those top schools, look at the times that those swimmers are doing, give themselves targets and goals. I think that's important in terms of continuing to get faster, to uh, open up more opportunities. Um, The grades in high school are, they're significant but don't stress about them. Um, It's perfectly fine to be an average student in terms of academia. 
uh, because you have to take the uh, tests anyway. So that's another thing. I left my tests quite late. The SAT. Yeah. And, <laughs> the SAT and yeah. the ACT. Um, just start getting familiar with those. And in Christchurch, at least, which is where I'm from, they didn't offer the ACT. I had to go down to Dunedin to do that. So it's just little bits of information that you want to make sure that you've got under your belt so that you're not trying to leave in two months and be like, yeah. oh, my, I have to go to a different city to do a yeah. test or anything oh, 100%. like that. Like the, it's very unique. The testing centers, uh, obviously the one in New Zealand, the most common one that people can do, and that's globally as well, is the SAT. Um, but if they do miss those SAT dates, then you can do the ACT to yes. fill that testing as well, uh, which is perfectly fine. And, um, you know, I reckon that's really good advice. I mean, I reckon the earlier they start, the better. Obviously, when you're looking for a college, it's a bit of a needle in a haystack when you start looking at yep. it. I mean, there's over 2,000 universities in America that offer swimming scholarships, uh, you know, both on the men's and women's right. side. Um, and, you know, that's that's going from big universities to small universities to universities that specialize in specific areas of study, like MIT, for example. So, you know, there's all these different colleges. I think that what you said before is like right. perfect. Like you've got to start with a location. Like where do you want to live for those four years? I think that's really important. And then, you know, this next question is what do you want to study? You know what I get asked? A lot of people, mm -hmm. when I ask these athletes, I say, what do they want to study? They're not too sure. And I just right. say, well, what do you enjoy in high school? What really interests you? Is that something that you did? I um, basically just knew that I enjoyed biology um, and so okay. did a biology degree. I actually changed my biology degree slightly, but the schools are very awesome about working with you. So if it's, it's nothing to panic about, I wouldn't want a swimmer to panic about having to commit to a degree. Right. I would say 90% of the people change their degrees yeah. during their course before they graduate. So it's okay to be a little unsure. There's, there's so many resources that will help you figure out what you really want to do once you get oh, there. Oh, 100%. And like with big size universities like Auburn, Auburn University, for example, uh, you know, you, there's over 200 majors to choose from um, that you can do. It's, it's such a wide thing. And I think like right. in freshman year, like your first year at university, I think it's just trying to find what your interests are. Absolutely. I mean, I changed my degree. <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of people change their degrees. So, so what are you doing now, Natasha? So you've graduated from university. So now you're doing your postgraduate. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So as I was finishing up at Auburn, um, I did a biology conservation undergrad. Um, and I was very lucky during my last year, I was awarded some scholarships that were money nice. to go towards a master's. Um, and so that got me thinking about what I could study. Yeah. Um, I actually took a year off and did a lot of traveling because I decided to leave swimming behind. Where'd you go? I went to Africa for about four months. Nice. So that was incredible. Uh, yep. Just life-changing. Um, something that I couldn't do while I was a swimmer. Yeah. <laughs> um, with that free time. So I yep. um, went. But hey, it's not the worst thing in the world, right? Oh, I mean, you you graduate after four years on a on a good scholarship. You travel, got your undergrad in your back pocket. Why don't you take a year off and go? To oh, Africa? right, yeah, no, <laughs> and absolutely no no regrets with swimming. It was absolutely incredible, and it's really what led me to my masters now. So I was awarded that money for um, yeah. for being successful in both the pool and academics, um, and then I started researching places yeah. that I wanted to live for a few more years and Colorado looked literally stunning and it turns out to be true. I'm here now and it's beautiful. Um, 
And because of my success in my undergrad, I've actually been awarded a scholarship from the school, which means that the rest of my master's is paid for. So because of swimming and because of the fact that I took that leap and moved over, I'm now achieving a master's or a post-grad paid for, which is I'm so fortunate and honored um, but it's definitely because of swimming. Yeah. Hey, look, that's amazing. And last question, were you a better swimmer at the end of college than when you were at the start of college? Yes. Yep. I dropped time in my breaststroke events. Um, and that New Zealand record that I and was... you're the New Zealand record holder. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That record I was chasing <laughs> since high school, I got in my third year... Yep as a college athlete. Um, so I was absolutely, yes, wow. I was dropping time. I represented New Zealand at worlds during my college years. Um, and not before. So yeah. I truly believe that it is because I went to America that I was able to achieve that. That's That's incredible. Well, Natasha, thank you so much for joining us today on this chat. I know a lot of kids and parents that are very interested about the college system will get so much valuable information out of this. And, yeah, best of luck this year. You've got a big year ahead of you. Um, nearly there, halfway there. So I uh, wish you all the best this year. Thank you so much. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. Yeah, my no pleasure. Worries. Thank you so much. I really hope that this helps some younger swimmers. It's an awesome opportunity. Awesome. Thanks, Natasha. You have a great day. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast session with Natasha Lloyd. We hope you got a lot of information out of that chat with Natasha. If you have any questions regarding the college system in America, please contact us at www.platformsportsmanagement.com. We have got a chat box there. You can message us instantly and we will answer any questions you guys have immediately. Thank you so much. Hope you have a fantastic day.